Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, provided by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. Witness Lee served the Lord faithfully for more than 70 years, culminating with his exhaustive commentary on the entire scriptures called Life Study of the Bible. We're happy to bring you recorded excerpts from his ministry. At the end of the program, we'll give you the website where you can find out more about the remarkable ministry of these two men. But for now, we hope you enjoyed today's program. After the revelation of the four living creatures and the great wheel of the move of God in Ezekiel chapter 1, we are presented with a striking description of the spiritual sky above these four living creatures. In chapter 1, verse 22, Ezekiel writes, And over the heads of the living creatures there was the likeness of an expanse like the sight of awesome crystal stretched forth over their heads above. This vivid picture conveys that when God's people are fully experiencing Him in Christ and are connected to one another in a way that expresses and glorifies Him, then they have a clear sky above them, so clear that they can see without limitation into the very third heavens, where our dear Lord Jesus sits so preeminently on the throne. Verse 26, chapter 1. And above the expanse that was over their heads was the likeness of a throne, like the appearance of a sapphire stone. And upon the likeness of the throne was one in appearance like a man above it. Bill Lawson has joined us as we uh, conclude our covering of chapter one in this life study of Ezekiel. And Bill, what a what a conclusion today. I know you and I have just been here. Of course, our listeners didn't get a chance to to hear what was going on before we started this program, but uh, I think we're both kind of overcome with what we're touching today, aren't we? Chris, once you get into Ezekiel chapter 1, you just can't imagine that there's even uh, the Word of God. I remember years ago when I was uh, working as uh, a draftsman at Stone and Webster Engineering in downtown Boston, this guy one day uh, brought this book uh, to me and said, oh, here's a good book. It's called The uh, Spaceships of Ezekiel. And I said, what? He says, yeah, it's something from the Bible. So the concept of of unbelievers is that this is talking about spaceships. It's a science fiction thing. But we have realized (laughs) this is not science fiction. This is the very revelation of God. But if we don't have the eyes to see it, Chris, we just don't see anything in the book of Ezekiel, especially chapter 1, the living creatures which we must be. We must be living, active, connected to one another, coordinating with one another, clear among ourselves, and also clear personally between us and the Lord. So there's no cloud. There's just a clear sky. We have no offenses among us. We have no problems in our own personal life with the Lord. We need to be those living creatures. Bill, we got to talk about that in our previous program. The way to maintain this crystal clear expanse is by, as you just pointed out, dealing with all the offenses. That could be the things that we do or say or thoughts that we hold toward others, toward God, toward who knows. But we know when we offend the Lord. Mm-hmm. And the question is, what do we do at that point? We've offended the Lord. We've offended our wife. We've offended the brother, or we've been offended. Right. Uh, what do we do? And we saw 
particularly with much help from First John chapter 1, those simple verses 7, 8, and 9, right. really give us a way, don't they, to maintain this clearness. Right. We just confess our sins. He's faithful. He's righteous to forgive us. So we keep a clear heaven there with an awesome crystal. We don't allow anything, Chris, you know, to come between us and the Lord or even anything to come between our fellowship with the brothers and sisters in Christ. We keep everything crystal clear. Then there's the throne. Right. There. Then we sense we are under God's authority. We're under God's heavenly ruling. We're not just doing things out of just ethics or, or, or goodness. We're doing something because we have a clear a throne above us. We are clear with everything between us and the Lord and others, and also uh, we are under his heavenly ruling. That was such a vivid point in our previous message, and it, it leads in so well to what we want to cap off this whole fellowship on Ezekiel 1 with today, and that is, I think, an expanded vision that is going to shock hmm. more than spaceships. <laughs> our, our listeners who are open, I really hope they can look at these verses with us. Uh, because not only uh, when we live under that clear situation, does God have a way directly to rule on the earth because the throne is in clear view. Right. Right. And this one on the throne has such easy access to these four living creatures mm-hmm. that they're moving. Uh, and their expression is is God himself. Right. Okay, so that's aspect number one, but that's only half of the view. Mm-hmm. And we'll get the other half today, and we get a clue from a New Testament verse I'd like to read, and then we'll join Witness Lee. That verse is Revelation chapter 3, verse 21. He who overcomes, to him I will give to sit with me on my throne, as I also overcame and sat with my father on his throne. Not only is the Lord Jesus, the Son of Man, occupying the throne, God has even more in mind. He would like it to get more crowded on that throne. <laughs> How about we join Witness Lee? Tonight we have to go on to see the one sitting on the throne. This one looks like a man. He is the Lord, but he looks like a man. You know, we always have this out that the one on the throne is the mighty God. But we would never consider that the Lord today is still a man. Have you ever been told that God's intention is that all of us will be on the throne? Some of the poor Christians say, I don't expect that much. Even I don't expect to get into heaven as long as I can stand by the doorpost of the heavens. I'll be satisfied. You'll be satisfied, but God will never be satisfied. God's intention that all of us will be on the throne. You know, Revelation chapter 3, verse 21. The Lord Jesus promises, saying, He that overcometh, he will sit in my throne. As I overcame, and now am sitting in the throne of my Father. In other words, the Lord Jesus said, I was a man. I was a man. And eventually I, the man, came to the throne. Now, God's intention is to make you all men on the throne. 
God's kingdom could never come in full until we all get on the throne. Do you believe? You know, this enough to uh, rattle us, I think, Bill, to the core of our being. And properly, it should rattle us. It's so uh, beyond our natural religious concept, as he said. Most of us just be happy just to get close to heaven at, at the door or just inside the door at least. But how far short does that fall of what God really has intended? I know, uh, Chris, I happened to be in those messages oh, back in August of 1971, listening to these messages. Awesome. The revelation coming out of our brother Lee. But this matter of being on the throne, just our natural concept, we were dissatisfied with one day, we're told, you know, we're okay and good and saved, we'll go to heaven. But God's intention is not even close to that. God created us in his image and according to his likeness in Genesis 1 with the intention that man would uh, represent God with his dominion and express God uh, in his image. And, of course, we know man fell, fell far away from that goal. So God has been working over the ages, working, working through the centuries, trying to gain a people, not just to save people out of hell and and, and bring them to some other place in the sky. No, his intention is to save those people, work himself into them, and make them exactly like him in life and nature, element, essence, and expression, so that these men— are ruling by the divine life. They're human beings, but they're redeemed, they're regenerated, and they're living by the divine life. And just as the Lord was incarnated, right, he lived a perfect human life, he was crucified to redeem us, resurrected to regenerate us, and then he ascended to the throne, right, and all kinds of honors were bestowed upon him. But that intention is also that we would be on the throne with him, that we would rule and reign as his co-kings, We know Lucifer, right, he lost that position, he lost that place by rebelling, and he, in his rebellion, said, I will ascend to the throne. In other words, he wanted to usurp God's position, usurp the headship, usurp uh, God's throne, but he, of course, was cast down to the ground. Now God... Uh, is working with us, that we would take that position. We were, first of all, of course, created by God. Then we became fallen, and then God has to redeem us. He has to regenerate us, and then one day he wants to bring us together with him that we would also rule with him on the throne so that we would, in a sense, take Satan's position. So what Satan lost, the Lord is using us, a corporate man, to gain. Bill, you've given us a kind of a good uh, foretaste of this next section. We want to talk about uh, this replacement, I guess uh, we could say. Uh, Satan, uh, or Lucifer, as you said, was created to occupy a very high place. Mm-hmm. He lost the standing to occupy such a place when he rebelled, desiring, as we're going to read now in Isaiah chapter 14, to exalt his throne even above God himself. In verses 12 through 14, chapter 14 of Isaiah, it says, How you have fallen from heaven, O day star, son of the dawn. How you have been hewn down to earth, you who made nations fall prostrate. But you, you said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven above the stars of God. I will exalt my throne and I will sit upon the mount of assembly in the uttermost parts of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. This was the real rebellion, wasn't it, in the universe? Mm -hmm. Satan, 
this uh, beautiful creature in God's creation, desiring to exalt himself above God's throne. Mm -hmm. God's solution is to deal with this one in a way that fully subdues him, that is Satan, and fully glorifies God. That's Mm -hmm. the subject of this portion. Let's go back to Witness Lee. God's enemy will never be subdued until we all will be on the throne. This is God's goal. God's goal is not there to deliver you out of the hell. God's goal is not there to deliver you into the heaven. God's goal is to work you into the throne. Why God is going to make you on the throne? Because, you know, in this universe, the sad story is the rebellion of Satan against God's throne. Satan became rebellious. If you read Isaiah chapter 14, Satan said, I will rise up, I will lift up my throne to the heavens. God said, Satan, you be quiet. I will cast you into the lake of fire, but I will lift up all your captives unto the throne until we all will be worked into the throne. God could never get the full glory. One day, you and I, we all will be worked into the throne. God then will have a challenge on Satan. Little Satan, look. Look at the situation. All these captives of yours now have been made by me into my throne. We all have to realize we are not only called to be the sons of God. We have all been predestinated to be the kings. God is working on us today to make us qualified. This is why I said, look at yourself. You just look at yourself. Do you look like a king? My burden is to share with you that you may see where you have to be. And what you have to be. And today, how God is desiring to get you, to make you, to work on you that you may be qualified to get on the throne. You know, Bill, to me, this realization underscores almost more than anything else that, uh, yes, when we receive Christ, the free gift of eternal life and salvation, the most marvelous starting point. It's not the marvelous end point. The end point is that these ones that Satan had taken captive, this leading rebeller, number one rebeller in the universe, the ones he is taking captive will be the ones that will occupy that space. And they're qualified to do so, occupying the throne of God as co-kings with Christ. What a view. The view here is just staggering. When you realize the very high, lofty purpose of God, again, in Genesis 1, to create man with such a purpose, because Satan rebelled against that, and we, in the Lord's salvation, are going to replace him 
And that's why he is a roaring lion. He realizes that what he tried to get, he will never get. In fact, he will be cursed to the lake of fire. But that we, the ones that he damaged and uh, really corrupted, the Lord is working in us and working on us and making us those kings that will rule with him on the throne. One day we will be enthroned. Uh, Of course, we need a lot of work on us in this church age today so that in the coming kingdom age, Chris, we can rule and reign with Christ. The very ones—I mean, what a shame—the very ones that Satan damaged and polluted, God is using us, working in us, working on us, to bring us to the point to make us his co-kings. And then one day we will share with him his throne. So while Satan is in the lake of fire, we will be on the throne ruling and reigning with Christ. You know, oftentimes people ask, well, if God is so all-powerful, why doesn't he just snuff out uh, this enemy, Satan, you know, himself? But when we see this view, as you just described it, as we heard Witness Lee open this up, this divine way becomes the ultimate shame and subduing factor to God's enemy and the greatest glory to the Lord, isn't it? That he could, through this process of saving us to the uttermost in Christ, be able to lift up these ruined, polluted, corrupted ones right? and in his full salvation qualify them to become his co-kings. What a shame to his enemy and what a glory to him. Bill, the last couple of verses uh, in Ezekiel chapter 1, I'll read verse 27, the next to the last verse. Then I saw something like the sight of electrum, like the appearance of fire encased all around, from the appearance of his loins and upward, and from the appearance of his loins and downward, I saw something like the appearance of fire, and there was brightness all around him. Again, Bill, I think we should remind our listeners, when we first saw the electrum earlier in the view concerning the four living creatures and this uh, storm, wind, cloud, fire uh, that uh, had come upon them, out of it came this electrum, a kind of glowing that glowed with the appearance of gold and silver. Of course, we know gold represents God's divine nature, while silver is the redeeming Christ. So maybe that will help refresh our listeners. Let's go back to Witness Lee. Now, listen. This man on the throne looked like two things of his two parts. The upper part, he looks like electrum and the lower part looks like what fire you know uh, this is a picture to read a picture you have to realize it's meaning you know the upper part of a man is the part of feeling of sensation and this part signifies the nature the disposition. Nature-wise, disposition-wise, the Lord Jesus on the throne looks like electron. And the lower part, we all know, is for moving. In nature, in disposition, he looks like electron. But in his mouth, he looks like what? Fire. As long as you have the Lord's presence as the fire, as the electron, all the time something within you, something around you, a lightning, searching, burning out, 
just like the fire. That is the visitation of the Lord. That is the Lord's move to you. And that is the Lord's move upon you. And that is the Lord's move with you. You are much, much blessed because you are under the Lord's visitation. The Lord comes to you as the consuming fire. Eventually, my, after you experience the Lord as the consuming fire, you will just gain Him. Gain Him as what? As the electron. You have the redeeming God. You have the Lamb God. Many, many times, there's no need for you to declare that you have such a God. You just be with people. People could have the sensation that you have such a God. Oh, people will be impressed. People will get the right decision that you have such a God. You are a witty person. Witty with electron. Witty with the Lamb God. So, you experience Him as the fire, and you just gain Him as the electron. Bill, for those who have been with us uh, throughout this life study uh, of Ezekiel 1, uh, this is a good review. For those who well, missed those earlier messages, maybe this will... Uh, you know, encourage them to go back. And I'll tell you about that at the end of the program, how you can pick up these messages that you missed. But we saw earlier, this electrum, this glowing is really this two aspects of God in his nature and also in his redemption, the redemption of Christ. What we're seeing here is that God's desire, his intent, his blessing of us is to come to us as the consuming fire. And then with what is consumed, he replaces with this electrum. Uh, fill in some of the details here. Right, Chris. In this chapter 1 of Ezekiel, you have many mentions of the word appearance. This son of man, he has the appearance of the glory of Jehovah. And right. we know the glory refers to his divinity. So we know he is the very God with deity. Yet he has the appearance of a man, so he has humanity. So he is a God-man. He is a mingling of God with man. But in the experience here, he has more than just the appearance of the glory of Jehovah as God and the appearance of a man with humanity. In our experience, when he comes to us, he comes to us with a lower part of his being, right, showing his move. He comes to us in the experience of fire to burn us, to consume us, to judge us, to bring us into a situation where we need a lot of transformation because of our natural being. Yet at the same time, in his upper part of his body, it's like the appearance of electrum. Of course, electrum is, is an element that has uh, colors of gold and silver showing the gold showing God's divine nature, the silver showing the redemptive work of Christ. So actually, we have the electrum and the fire in our experience. It's a marvelous experience of transformation. Right. So that also ties into the matter of the throne, the more we allow the fire to burn us and consume the natural things within us. We get more of God's divine nature. We get more of the redemption of Christ worked into us. Then we become more under the Lord's heavenly ruling, and we are more and more are brought into the experience of ruling and reigning for Christ on this earth, and we are under the throne, and we are becoming more more closer to being brought on the throne. This will consummate at the end of this age. Overcomers who have the experiences of Ezekiel 1, they and they alone will be the ones who will rule and reign with Christ a thousand years in the coming kingdom. 
Bill, uh, I can't help but remember in the, your opening word, I think you brought us back to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, and these two things, God's image, his likeness, and his dominion. Mm-hmm. We're really seeing Ezekiel fill in so many of the details regarding how God's original intent and purpose with man, that man would bear both his expression right. and his dominion, are worked out in his economy. Right. What a marvelous, marvelous view. Like you say, Chris, we have image and dominion. You have expression and representation. Right. And this is exactly what God intended for when he created man, that man would bear God's image and likeness to express God in full, and that also man would represent God with his dominion to subdue the earth, subdue Satan, destroy the creature Satan. So God has his way. He puts man on the throne. He puts Satan in the lake of fire. And eventually... Uh, this will, we know, consummate in the new Jerusalem. And he gets all the glory. Boy, I wish we had more time. We've really used it all. I do want to point out to our listeners that you can get the printed life study messages for Ezekiel. If you call us toll free, that's one eight 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 life study 888-543-3788. And you can review or download or listen online to the previous programs. For that, just go to our website, www.lsm.org and follow the radio link and uh, the programs are all there for you. So with that, we will sign off. For Bill Lawson, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening today. We hope you'll join us next time. This program is brought to you by Living Stream Ministry, publisher of the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. To find out more, we invite you to visit our website, lsm.org. There you'll find more than 600 titles from both authors available online. You can also listen to recordings of Witness Lee's spoken messages and see the full array of material that Living Stream has to offer. Again, that's lsm.org. Thanks for listening today.